Good morning. I think people are starting to come in. Let's check this out, honey. Um, there we go. Let's make sure we are open. I'm had the chat open. So ladies, if you can help me out and just show me you're there and let us know um, where you are calling in from in this new year. Um, first name is fine. I just want to let you know this is recorded, but um, the chat is not. We record that on the side, but we don't post that. So uh, we just encourage you to open up your chat and use that to communicate with one another. It's also a great place if you have questions during the, uh, the this next hour uh, to hit Lamar and I up uh, with questions. And then we have some faithful women that join in every week and they kind of pull um, or step up and they really uh, help the ladies answer their uh, questions as well if we can't get to them. So by all means, use that chat. Um, can we open up our chat too, honey, and see what that looks like? Perfect. I can't quite see it. I see the attendance. Oh, it's over there. Okay, got it. Thank you. This is Lamar. And if you haven't met Lamar, this is my husband. And I invited him here today because we're talking about intimacy. And when you're talking about us, it's, I think, much stronger to have in us. And I think it's also a great place for you ladies to have someone to ask the tough questions to that you might not be able to ask your husband yet, or maybe you're separated and divorced and you don't have that luxury of finding out the whys. Um, and he's here and we are willing to talk about the tough questions, the questions re pertaining to sex and recovery and whatever you have out there, right? Absolutely. So what we want to do here with the chat is as, as folks you know, are putting in uh, their location, also be thinking about, hey, what were some of the uh, praise reports from the holiday? Uh, what were some of the struggles that you might have had from the holiday? This is the place to bring it. This is the place to present it in front of the group. Um, this is a place where you can glean wisdom. Yeah. And if you've been through something nasty, you've been through something yucky, this is a place where you can offer wisdom to offer folks that, that notion of, hey, this is what happened with us. And maybe you can help guard against this for your own relationship. And here's what Christ has done in our lives to bring us through that. Um, and then likewise, as we start looking ahead to Valentine's Day, and that's a tough, tough holiday. I say holiday uh, as if it is somewhat equivalent to something like Christmas. <laughs> All right. But it's a tough, tough day generated by Hallmark to take our money. Um, and a lot of people. Way to romance it, babe. Yeah. A lot of people equate Valentine's Day to heartache, especially in light of recovery, especially in light of the past pain. And this is the place where we want to really address getting ahead of Valentine's Day. We think the Friday before Valentine's Day won't be enough time. So we start talking about it now and we start talking about how we're going to color in the middle for these next five to six weeks. I like that. And the sanctuary, this place is a safe place, ladies. This is a place where you are in community with other women. We have just women here, even though with Lamar being the exception, um, women here to talk about uh, betrayal, to talk about the trauma you've experienced, to talk about recovery, to talk about hope, maybe to talk about your feelings of hopelessness. Uh, now, later, if you hear something that's powerful and you want your spouse to hear the message too, we highly encourage you to invite your husband or invite your partner to sit down and watch this. Uh, it's the same thing we're going to be talking with the men, but we're going to be taking a very different angle on it. Uh, <laughs> Lamar is going to be really um, speaking firmly to the men, and you might want to hear that too. Uh, please don't join us at one o'clock. That is a safe place for the men 
to to be in community with men and to have a safe chat like you have open right now uh, but watch the recording together it will be different content so we highly encourage you to go to our soul refiner facebook page we post it there uh, every single uh, friday that we have these so we encourage you to go back and look at this and now lamar intimacy is it's a tricky topic especially when we are talking with women um, who have experienced betrayal wounds and betrayal trauma and some women here um, they might not be married they might be separated um, you might be divorced already and you're thinking well why do i need to be here to listen to this it's especially important that you're here listening to this because you've been hurt and betrayed and you need to know what the bible says about intimacy so moving forward you don't carry your old baggage and the pain that your ex um, or your husband has caused you in the past to infiltrate and destroy any future relationships even if you don't get married again there's still the relationships with your kids teaching your sons and daughters what they're helping them navigate their relationships uh, your best friends you will still have community and community is just so important god loves community he loves the us um, not just in marriage but between sisters and between mother and sons and fathers and daughters and uh, th those are beautiful things but if we've been betrayed we can oftentimes um, take that pain that we don't process and we can hate intimacy we can actually be repulsed by it and never process that pain honey so it, it, this is this is this is a tough topic tough topic to navigate but we're going to do our best to to do this so i thank you for being here with us to um to join me in, in really talking about this and digging in so thank you um so jumping in um was i i would absolutely love to pray he was just whispering <laughs> should we pray and yes we should we should absolutely pray so sisters i would love 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 to pray for you um if you could all just close your eyes and just take a deep breath and lord heavenly father i thank you for being here with us i thank you for being in the middle of our recovery I thank you for um, your wisdom, and your words, and your hope. And Lord, I just ask that Lamar and I stay true to the truth and put our own biases, our own past pains, our own opinions aside and only speak uh, what you have us speak. And Lord, we pray that we don't cause any more pain to these beautiful women. They've already been through so much. So help us to be sensitive and help, but yet honest and truthful yet kind with what we need to share today. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. Mm, yeah. So let's jump in. Um, it's interesting. You're going to kind of laugh at the direction I'm going at this because it's actually not funny at all. You won't laugh. We got to talk about pride. And why are we talking about pride before we talk about intimacy? Stay, stick with me. We have to talk about pride because Satan has three weapons. And we talk about this quite often in these webinars, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. But that pride of life is really, really sneaky. And right in the middle of that pride is, is the word I, that little letter I. And society is being infiltrated by the message of I. I mean, where do we see it? We see it in commercials all, all the time. What's, what sort of commercials you can think of? Yeah, the, 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 the American marketing machine is generated to constantly remind you that your life isn't good enough and that you need whatever it is they are pitching. You need that next thing. What is the, the very next thing that you have to have 
to really round you out. And of course, when that when you get that thing, you recognize that, whoa, this has got really nothing to do with true joy. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this gives me some temporary happiness. And I, I think that, that that is the great feeding of the eye is the American marketing machine. Absolutely. We see it all the time. We live in a culture right now that promotes the me, the I. Um, it, it says autonomy is good. Um, being self-confident is good. Um, you deserve a break today. You deserve, um, you know, just do it. An army of one. Um, we promote this all the time in our culture and we celebrate it. We celebrate uniqueness. We want everyone to be a snowflake. No wonder why we have all this crazy gender, gender identity nonsense going on right now, because we're promoting it. We're promoting that everyone needs to stand apart and look different. And it's all about you and your needs and your wants and what you want and when you need it and, and, and just go for it. But that's not what scripture says. In fact, it's quite the opposite of what scripture says. And I think we need to go right back to the garden we need to go back to the beginning because we've messed this up. And once sin entered the world, we really messed this up. So let's go back to the garden, honey. And and where can you tell them where you're going to be reading from? Sure, I'll be out of Genesis 2 for a couple passages here. So uh, open it up, power it up, flip to it, uh, bring up the app, whatever it looks like. I don't care if it's the Kids Crayon Bible, Teen Action Bible, um, the NSV, the ESV, uh, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, we'll begin with verse 15. We're only going to read a few verses at a time here. So again, Genesis 2, this is 15 through 18. Uh, This is the two verses in the Bible where we are right with God. Yes, it it only takes us three chapters of the Bible uh, before we actually go off the rails here uh, with sin. And so this is is the pre-fruit, pre-tree, pre-serpent encounter. So again, Genesis 2, verse 15, uh, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. The man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So Lamar, what does society say today, if you were to say, what are the three basic things you need to survive? What would you say they are? Oh, my goodness. I I think that we have those basic needs. Society says I got to have food. Which you're Um, happy about. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy about food. (laughs) Well, food stays in it. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, food. And then um, shelter. Mm -hmm. And the last one slips on mine. Very funny. It's food, clothing, shelter. Yeah, very witty, honey. Um, (laughs) So today we say that those three things are the basic needs, food, clothing, shelter. But what I just heard um, from what you read is the first thing God gave us that we needed was work. He gave us the garden to work in, then food, praise God, we get the food. But the third thing he gave us was us, the community. Man should not be alone. He recognized that from the beginning that man should not be alone. He desired community for us. That was the essential thing that he wanted for us. But that's not what society teaches today. In fact, the millennials are called the me generation. And it's, and it's all about the, it conflicts with the, it's, it's not about me, it's about the us. So when we, can, can you read a little bit further in there? So fast forward, 
um, in, keep your Bibles open in this chapter. So God creates Eve. He puts um, Adam to sleep. He takes out his rib and he wakes up and lo and behold, there's this beautiful naked woman standing in front of him. Okay. All right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Clothing. I apologize. Um, this is verse 24. Again, same chapter, ladies. So this is Genesis 2, 24. And we're just going to read that in 25. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Um, before we launch into that, I want to go back really quickly. And it said helper in back in the first passage that we read. And it, a lot of folks can, kind of think of that as helpmate, someone who shares in the burden, that kind of thing. Um, when you really peel the onion back and you go back and you look at the, the, the Hebrew of this, it truly means it's a healthy adversary. And, and when I say that, people think adversary, they think enemy. Um, I, I want you to kind of shed that for a second, please. And think about it's a healthy mirror, meaning that your mate is your healthy mirror to show you what you truly are. We want the mirror that says we are wonderful and we are beautiful and we are perfect and everything that we do turns to gold. We are a skittle, a snowflake. Um, all those things, and everybody rides the perfect pony, and that's not the case, and that's what the true helper was was being spoken of back in earlier Genesis. Yeah, I, I, I think that's beautiful. So the two shall become one flesh. So we talk about the husband and wife becoming one flesh. Another way that Lamar and I say this, or I've heard it said um, from many people, we become an usness. We become a we. We die to the me and we become a we. We become one flesh. So what is the picture of usness? I, I want to sit here for a minute because I think that's important. Um, how do we know if we have the usness? Uh, usness, it, it takes two to make it, right? But only one to, to completely destroy it, which we've all been there, right? It, the, the sexual sin, the betrayal, that fractured the usness. I don't think anyone here can argue about that. But what is the picture of oneness? Uh, I'm sure most of you have experienced this at some point in time with the husband um, that you had. It's, it's a feeling. It really is a feeling. When you feel connected, when you feel like one, my highs become his highs. His lows become my lows. When, when Lamar is hurt, we hurt. The usness suffers. Um, if I have a desire, it's our desire. That's the picture of usness. And when you have usness, people can sense it. They sense that there's a connection between the two of you. They can sense that um, you encourage one another, you uplift each other. In the middle of it all, when you have usness, the glue for the usness, it's humility. That's what it is. It's saying, I want to make your deal a bigger deal than my deal. And it doesn't mean that I am thinking less of myself. I'm just thinking of myself less. Mm -hmm. That's what humility is. And so when we both are demonstrating humility in a marriage, when a husband and wife demonstrate, demonstrate that, you can see it. For example, if there's a cookout and you're grilling and people come over and say, oh my goodness, that food was amazing, Lamar, you must have slaved over it. And he responds, yeah, but I couldn't have done it if, if, if my wife wasn't watching the kids and everything she was doing. That's humility, it's an us. We created the, the, the environment for that party. And, and when you experience it, you feel it, you know it, 
I mean, think back. I mean, you when you're in bed, you 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 want to hold hands or throw your leg over them. You want to hold hands when you're walking in the park. You want to talk up late at night. When you feel that usness, you want to be together. You're excited to be together. The kids see it too. Right. I mean, they love it too. But in a microsecond, that usness can be fractured. <laughs> Right. You know where I'm going with this. Right. I mean, just this morning we had an example. That's why I was laughing that, of course, God's going to give us a, a fresh example first thing in the morning. Uh, I was up on the computer um, early, early, just kind of putting my thoughts together and praying for you ladies. And and uh, Lamar comes in. We're getting ready to go on a vacation. It's our anniversary this weekend. We're celebrating 24 years. So we're trying to pack up before work and uh, things are crazy. But I really want to spend time working on this. And so he sits down and he's let me know, you know what he's taking care of. And I just looked up from my computer and just gave him this look. And this look, I didn't have to say anything. This look said, are you more important than my time with God? This look said, what do you have to say that's so important that you're going to disrupt my time? This better be good. I mean, this one look fractured the usness because we were excited about the trip like oh we're going away after work and in an instant that one little look that i gave him said you're not important to me right now what i'm doing is more important and it fractured the us and it became chilly it became frigid we start i start we start both walking around on eggshells in an instant it's crazy how quickly we can fracture the us right honey that, that that's right and she's being so kind um, and, and owning something that is, is relatively trivial. Um, I'm going to talk to the men later, ladies. And, and, and if your man has, has suffered through any kind of sexual integrity issues, sexual sin, sexual stronghold, some people, sexual addiction, um, let me encourage you that he understands or he will understand eventually about fracturing the us. And he's going to understand, regardless of what that looked like, because some men are going to try and make excuses and say, well, it was just pornography. Well, that's one of the more destructive methods uh, of fracturing the us. Be because it's so silent. It's, it's so insidious. Uh, someone that's suffering through that, you really can't see that on them. Alcohol, drug addicts. Um, it's, it's very easy to tell that. But if somebody is suffering through something that really can't be seen, they're just crushing the relationships around them. And so... Um, she's so polite to bring up something that is relatively small comparatively, but equally, if we allow that that fracture to continue, uh, we don't do something about it, it'll just grow and then it'll become a chasm. Yeah, he's sweet to say I'm kind because actually my next point, and he doesn't know this, was to talk about the betrayals. <laughs> oh, you're getting something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we do need to talk about that. We do need to circle back around to what did the enemy do? The enemy used pride. He brought pride into your husband's life. And this is, this is something that is very serious. He brought pride and whispered in your husband's ear, you deserve, you should take, that's yours. And, and that pride is what led him one step at a time to falling off the edge of the cliff. And, and it worked. It absolutely worked because there's no humility. There was zero humility in the moment he decided to pull up porn and masturbate while looking on the computer at these other naked women that um, that were not you. Um, it, it, he had no humility when he had that emotional affair. He had no humility when he 
visited that massage parlor or stepped out of whatever that looks like. There was no humility. That was all about him. He was not thinking of you. He was not thinking of uh, making your deal a bigger deal than his deal. That was all about him. There was no one flesh there. And so your one flesh was fractured. Mm -hmm. The usness was fractured. And it was devastating. Big fracture. Much, much bigger than just interrupting my quiet time with God. Huge fracture to the point where for a lot of marriages, it's unrepairable. It's amazing. As, as we go to talk our way through this and we talk about here is where we were in the shambles and the wreckage of sexual sin, sexual stronghold, um, whether or not you are the person who initiated the, the sin and then allowed it to fester and then the other person's hurt or whether you're the hurt. Um, it, it really comes down to how are you going to rebuild intimacy? Mm. And before you even start rebuilding intimacy with each other, it is so important as you rebuild intimacy with Christ. Because without that, you're not going to be able to, in your human condition, to fully give yourself over to that person with, with abandon, mm. not thinking about how much more they can hurt you, because they will. That's the biggest fear that you see from people that have been hurt by other folks is sexual sin. What if they do this again? And, and I've made myself available to be hurt again. And so unless Christ is at the center of this, there's always going to be that nagging question. And even when he is at the center of it, because we're still humans until glorification, we're always going to have that. But he is the one that quiets that whisper of the enemy. Yeah. One of the hardest steps for recovery, if you have chosen to stay in the marriage, one of the hardest steps in the world is to put all your chips to the center of the table and say, I'm all in. It's going to hurt regardless, but I'm going to be all in. I am not going to withhold love from my partner. I'm not going to give him what he deserves or create a debt ledger or scoreboard in the sky. He has wronged me, so he's got to feel my pain. That's that is the hardest and most essential step to take if you choose to say, if both partners are safe to stay in a marriage, mm -hmm. it's the most essential step to take and the most risky for sure. Ladies, let me encourage you in one thing though. If this is an abusive situation, those chips don't go to the middle of the table. Not at all. I, I want to be very clear on this, all right? Please reach out, if not to us, then to some local church ministry that can help you through this. And if your church has hurt you along the way to let you know that, no, 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 you need to stay there regardless of any kind of abusive situation, I am so sorry for that pain. So please make sure that, that um, you understand so you can help others. And if you're not going through an abusive situation, Please keep that in the back of your minds. This is not one of those things where it's going to be the old church method of, well, you, you married him. You, you signed on for all that. But that's not the case, ladies. You know, you're exactly right. That is, that is abuse when he chooses to stay in his sin. I'm not saying he has, he's going to be perfect in recovery. Uh, but when he's committed to the process and he is submitting, submitting to God, and he is getting into group and he's getting into recovery and he's trying everything he can. What he is doing in that process is he is learning to die to himself. And notice I say learning because it's not one and done. It's not, okay, I cheated, I'm repenting, and now I'm going to be the perfect husband. That does not exist, ladies. It does not exist. So it takes training because over time he's let boundaries down and he's allowed things into his life. It's been a slow fade 
it's going to take some a, a while to find out what is needed to protect the us, protect himself, protect his sobriety. And that takes time and sometimes mistakes along the way and, and to get that correction. Right. Mm -hmm. So as we close in now on, on the halfway point of the meeting, we really want to encourage you to start putting questions and answers uh, either in the chat or in Q&A. Um, if you look down at the bottom of your screen, you'll see a little icon down there. It says Q&A, there's a message box. Um, that is where we can see things for sure, no doubt. We'll, we'll catch that if, it, if your question is in Q&A. If your question is embedded in a chat, um, you see my glasses and you see me constantly looking over uh, to the other side of the screen. I don't see it that well, but the Q&A is really big and it's a, it's, it's a much larger, I, I guess, uh, box for me to take a look at, a field. Yeah, so that chat, we're encouraging our sweet sisters, Esther and Tracy and, and some, of, some of our uh, go-to gals um, to really help the ladies there. And if you see any good ones, you could also just throw it in the Q&A to help us um, pull that apart uh, or to, to pull that out. So... So we talk about Lamar, we've talked about the pride that the enemy uses to hurt the man. But now he is on the path to learning how to die to himself. He's invested in recovery. He's doing the work. He's in the Bible every day. He's he's being accountable to his men. Um, he he's he's showing up. But the wife is is has been traumatized. She's been hurt. She's been betrayed. She doesn't have resources. She doesn't. I mean, why should his pain cost her? to go get help. I mean, it, it's so, so painful. And if a wife doesn't choose to, to, to get help, which sadly we see more often than not, what happens is she starts believing the ways of the world and the world will say, you deserve better. When, when, when your husband was hearing the things I deserve, I want, I'll take. The wife is saying, I don't deserve this. I don't want this. You still hear a lot of I in that, right, ladies? Now his pride has become your pride. You don't feel like you should have this pain, and you shouldn't. I, I, you, I please understand I'm not minimizing your pain. But if we get stuck in a place where we're so focused on our pain, we can be, get in a place that is selfish. And I can say that because I got there. I was there. I got to a place where it was all about the betrayal. It was all about his affair. It was all about what are the other women doing and what's going on and what safeguards is he putting in place? My whole life is about the infidelity. That's not healthy. That's not healthy at all. So now all of a sudden it's my pride. There's no usness. We weren't being intimate. We weren't emotionally, spiritually, or sexually connecting. I was just so focused on my own pain. We needed a season of a pause for sure. I'm not dismissing that. In fact, we took a season of a pause for sure, but it was to rebuild the usness. That was what's so important. So it's very easy that the enemy can very sneakily remove the pride that almost killed your husband and place it on you and it can kill you or any potential of being one flesh in us. So we are not casting stones here, but if you are sitting here and you're saying, I just don't feel any usness. There's no intimacy in our relationship. We don't have late night talks. I don't get any butterflies in my stomach when I see him um, helping out around the house. If anything, he just repulses me, even though he's doing the work. I hear you, I've been there. And this is where I'm, I'm, I need to speak truth and love. I'm, I'm asking you to just do an evaluation. Has pride 
somehow leaked into your own life and into your own heart where that bitterness, instead of choosing to get better, you become bitter and you're holding back because of, of fear of being hurt again or fear of being hurt worse, even though there's no such thing. I can tell you that putting all the chips in the center of the table, there's, there's not, oh, it hurt once. It's just going to hurt. It just hurts. It's going to hurt. Um, yeah. So, yeah. In some ways, it's almost a, a, a natural progression in recovery uh, for someone that's been hurt by somebody else's sexual sin. Uh, eventually, once you get past the point of, of the fear where you're worried that they may leave again, if you, if you don't perform, if you're not the perfect mate, um, you may allow that pride to slip in. You may allow that, that, that sin to slip into your life where you're withholding love um, subconsciously, simply because you are looking to see you're kind of you're kind of testing. You don't even know it, but you're looking at that person that's in recovery, that's working through their own sexual problems, and you're basically testing them over and over every step of the way. It, it's it's a very natural reaction uh, where, that you wind up having. So if that's where you are, uh, we want to normalize the conversation. Yeah, yeah, just not the behavior. Yeah, I like that, honey, because I I went there initially when you first came home. Um, I thought, well, you know what, we need to have sex a lot. We need to be intimate. I need to be on my best behavior. I need to wear a halo. I can't mess up because then um, you might act out or you might go choose the affair partners over me. And so I, I felt like I had to be this perfect person, but I wasn't being true to my pain and I wasn't dealing with the betrayal trauma. And, and so I just kept pushing it down, down, down. And then we went and filmed Stronger Together. And that's when I learned about intimacy anorexia. And I realized what had happened is once he betrayed me, I became fearful. I was still trying to be on my best behavior, but I was still pushing away subconsciously any chance of intimacy between the two of us because I didn't want to get hurt. And so I caught myself doing that. So once I got into recovery and, and, and watched Stronger Together and learned from Dr. Wise what that intimacy anorexia is and that I did have some bitterness in me and that I was being intimacy anorexic, um, I went the opposite extreme and I, I started, you know, just really um, like, like what you said, just kind of um, asking the hard questions, but maybe not so gracefully. And, and I was a little bit more confident in myself and in my relationship with God and knowing I was going to be okay, but I went too far because I wasn't being graceful in the process. It was just like, well, I, I was dealing with the pain, but not in a very graceful way. So you can be all over, um, the place with recovery please give yourself grace with it it's very 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 normal there is no perfect picture of recovery right there's only going to be uh that 95 percent solution from other people's situations mm. um, all of our situations are somewhat similar largely similar but we're all a little bit unique too yeah. not not just in what happened but also in the the concepts that we're going to have to embrace to, to color in the middle you know what is that going to look like for us it's so important to, that we that we we keep focused on what it is that christ says about this and what it is that that he gives us an example on on, on how to actually do this um when you start talking about conflict resolution uh, our first q a here is we have a, a lady who said oh my goodness this is me as well how do you change that yeah. you know that when when you have that that sense of pride that you're just like I'm just going to point out every single thing that the old sexual addict does wrong. Right. Um, well, it's a great segue. Yeah. I mean, it's like this. We do I, need to talk about that. We yeah. can't just we we 
presented the problem, we realize it is a problem, but then what? If you are realize there's no intimacy and maybe you're willing to bring in that humility and say, I might have a part in it, right? And, yeah. and demonstrating that humility, it, 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 you need tools, you need extra help. And first and foremost, going to Jesus. I mean, I'm always gonna be pointing you to the cross first, going to a place where he is enough for you. Because underneath all those questions you're asking them and finger pointing and watching his recovery and questioning him and not looking inward, there's this sense that um, Christ is not enough. And we gotta be very careful not to allow our husbands to become our many gods. Uh, even from recovery, when, when they're coming back, they cannot be our many gods. Christ, and, and I think that's everybody's journey here is learning that Christ is enough. It's not the outcome, whether or not your husband stays whether or not you end up married, that, that doesn't matter. You learning how to be humble up until the day the divorce papers are signed is what God is calling you to do, is demonstrating that humility. You are a oneness and you can fight for that oneness and be the example of the oneness um, until that day that, um, that you're divorced. So, um, so how can we do that? What are some other tangible steps, honey? I mean, what, um, what are some things um, that can refracture the fractured us how can we get that back because we can lose it like this and especially with betrayal trauma we can make it a loss that creates a huge huge gap which is very hard to come back from how can we bring that gap make it smaller and get back that one flesh christine you said it best just a few moments ago you mentioned humility mm -hmm. and the, the polar counter the polar opposite of pride is humility yeah um it's and again it's not thinking less of yourself okay it is thinking less about yourself meaning that you're putting the other person first and that's a hard thing to do especially when you know that you're right and ladies you have been hurt you are right you have been destroyed um and so how do you take that moment to say oh my goodness i actually just made a mistake that's independent of the hurt from his sexual sin but I am contributing to the fracture right now. I'm contributing to the non-us. Mm -hmm. And we keep saying the us, you know what it is when you have it and you know what it is when you don't. Yeah. And, and again, moving target couple to couple, um, I'm leaving that one over to you. You know when it's you know ice time. <laughs> you know when the kids are just like, nobody say anything to mom and dad. And I'm, I'm talking about adult kids too. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody talk about what happened with mom and dad. Okay, because it's just too uncomfortable. That's not the us. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we can take that moment of humility and say, there's no us, what can we do to get it back? But most importantly, what can I do to make you feel safe again, to, to, to love back with me? Yeah, it's something that was very convicting was our children, Lamar. That was a huge driving force for me, finding a way to bring back humility into our marriage. Because I realized that I did not want the us that we were portraying to be what they brought into their future relationships. I did not want um, wives creating an environment where it's ice cold and men are walking around on eggshells, not asking what's wrong and pretending like everything is okay. I didn't want them having a relationship where they're living as roommates void of, of laughter and intimacy and physical contact. I wanted them to have something warm and special, but I wasn't demonstrating that to them because I was so hurt. And so that was a huge driving force for me finding my humility is deciding I have to demonstrate this to my boys 
And so I need to do something different for them to be able to sense it, to learn from it, and then bring it into their future relationships. That was huge for me uh, when I realized that what they saw, they were looking and saying, well, I'm not gonna get married. I don't want that. I, I, I mean, <laughs> so the past sin can absolutely be something that, that can impact generations to come, or you can take this right now and change it and bring, make it and bring glory to God. Um, through the pain and the suffering. And you can say, no, we are going to demonstrate to our kids something that the world is not showing. I am going to be the picture of humility, even if my spouse isn't there yet. That's a big one. Being able to demonstrate humility when your spouse doesn't is huge, but it's scriptural. And, and, and we learn that in the Bible that when two are walking and one falls, the other, that person's weak. But I'm strong and I can I can demonstrate the humility and lift him up so he can demonstrate that humility as well. Amen. That, that, that's so important that, that we go first. Mm-hmm. And, and that is entirely scriptural because he went first for us yeah. with no expectation that we would love back. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, with, with every expectation that most of us would not. Yeah. Uh, regardless of his of his sacrifice. And so when we make that sacrifice, that is our road to sanctification. That's bringing us that one step closer and listening to the Holy Spirit as he, as he says, hey, you tried this once before a certain way and it didn't work out. How about my way now? That's a good, godly, Holy Spirit conviction. That's guilt. It's never the satanic shame of condemnation that he's forever fractured or that I am eternally wounded uh, if you've been hurt by this. And so I want to encourage you in that and recognizing that the response may not be coming, and that's difficult. Um, I'm going to echo the same thing to the gentleman later this afternoon. We are called to do the right things regardless of the response that we're getting. Our obedience has nothing to do with the response from the other person. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. I mean, imagine if Jesus was up on the cross and he's, he's dying on the cross for our sins, and he just takes a time out before his death and says, nope, I'm done. I'm out. This is too much. This is too hard. Um, I, I, I can't do this anymore. He didn't. He went through. He followed through. And so you might be going through some excruciating pain, which is going to take a ton of humility on your part um, to get through um, in recovery. But that's what Jesus did for us. And we just need to keep looking back at the cross. He didn't give up on us. And, and if you're choosing state and stay in the fight, your husband is is um, choosing recovery and you're trying to work on that marriage and you're still feeling um, that that distance and you need to work on on, on that um, that humility you're not alone this this is a tough tough step but there's other resources too um, we have things like stronger together which is fantastic that's what helped me deal with um, intimacy anorexia helped me see that his past betrayal and my betrayal wounds um, was causing me to withhold love, which ladies, I have to say, it's a sin. I mean, just open your Bible, withholding love is a sin. I was sinning when I was pushing Lamar away um, and, and not allowing him into my life and not, uh, not, not doing my part in bridging the gap that was created. It, it was a sin. And so when I saw what I did wrong, that program helped me tremendously be able to put measures in place to take a step forward. It taught me the three dailies, which I just love. And, and it's an exercise you can do every day. And they teach that on Warpath too, which is another great, great reference. Warpath helps the men learn how to help their wives through recovery. 
and it helps them learn humility because they very much struggle with learning humility after they've been living a lifetime of pride that is snuck in, snuck in, stuck in, and infiltrated their life. So they not only dying to pride, they now have to learn humility. Ladies, there is hope. Uh, I, sometimes I've read some of the, the chat comments or the mm -hmm. Q and A's and um, it, it, I see the hope in there. Um, and there's hope, there's the fact that you're in the meeting some folks say, oh my goodness, I'm so stuck. What do I do? Um, please think about the apathy you may have experienced before where you just thought, I just don't care. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is just my plight and I have to deal with it. Uh, there is so much hope here. And I want to encourage you in that. Uh, that is you listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, I, I know there's something better out there, not just for me, but for this relationship. And then for, for us as parents, and part of that is surrendering over to Christ. And I've read some of these chat comments, and I just think it's beautiful. And so I want to address this next question where a lady was, uh, she was sitting with her husband in a restaurant, and she visibly saw him struggle when another lady walked in for him not to objectify her and consume her. So she took her fork and stabbed his eyeball out. Isn't that biblical? Okay. That, okay, keep going. I'm yeah, sorry. We're, we're, we're kind of talking about old law there. We're oh, talking sorry. about Old Testament covenant. And, and I'm a huge Old Testament junkie. I love it. I think it's all great big neon sign pointing to Jesus. But I'm pretty sure eye for eye, tooth for tooth was dispelled back on Sermon on the Mount. I, I was um, about ready to say castration. So the eye was actually a safe second. So, no. okay, keep going. I apologize. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you are feeling um, that notion of, of almost it's somewhat pity for him as he struggled through that um, that is a huge piece of empathy um, that is a surrender of what you're feeling because you're can you you're, back it up i missed all i heard was that they were at a restaurant and he saw someone he saw he was lustfully looking at someone that's all i got and what was what was he, after that he was struggling not to he was struggling not he to. was struggling not to consume this other person is what is, is the way i read this mm -hmm. and and maybe some people when they say struggle they mean he was actually doing it and was trying not to do it or he was just mm -hmm. doing it and, right. and, and couldn't stop doing it yep. and so you know okay. lacking clarification that's all right and so the, the pity that you felt for him is a huge step because that's an empathic response uh, you're actually kind of, kind of taking on some of his pain at that point so she felt pity because they can't see this question, honey. So I'm missing. Can you put the pieces yeah, together? Let me just read yeah. the question Thank here. You. Mm -hmm. I was with my husband at a restaurant and watched as he struggled to not look at another woman lustfully. Mm. I saw her come in, then watched him struggle. It was so painful. I know God was telling me to encourage him in that moment, but I couldn't fight the intense pain. I felt so dismissed. How do I set my pain aside to help and encourage him? I know I should be so thankful that he is struggling and fighting. That is progress. But that was painful. Oh, I've been there. I have been there. I can't tell you how many times we were driving down the road. And initially, um, when I first in the beginning stages of recovery, I'd see him kind of look, it was a jogger, and it'd be a female jogger, even with a stroller or whatever, and he'd look and I'd see the, in my mind, the gaze lasted too long. And then in recovery, he learned I need to avert my gaze, but his avert was so like this, that I immediately went to look to see, oh great, there's a, there's a beautiful woman. So that became triggering. And so I, I, I went through this and it, it was very, very painful to think. Um, and every time he did that, the message I was telling myself is you're not good enough. He needs to see that. And he is struggling with that because I'm not pretty enough and I'm not beautiful enough. And so that pointed out 
that was just another moment where God um, was able to show me he is enough and I am wonderfully and beautifully made, but it definitely warranted a conversation because that's hurtful. It's extremely hurtful when he would do those kinds of things and it would open up those betrayal wounds all over again. Even though he's looking with his eyes, I don't know what's going on in his brain now with the image that he has of the woman when he did the second look um, or if he, you know, you watched him staring at someone. It's very, very hurtful. And that's something that definitely does need to be addressed. You can do it in anger. You can absolutely blow up in him and say, I get up and leave, throw water in his face and leave righteous anger. Yeah, there's some of that for sure. Um, or um, when you have a chance to calm down, because remember, you're flooded now. You're emotionally flooded. So it's very hard to engage in a conversation and talk about your pain when you're flooded because you're going to go into that fight, flight or freeze. And most of the time that ends up with sinning. So um, when you have a chance to go to God first and pray about it, then you sit down with your husband later on saying it was very hurtful. It was very, very hurtful seeing how much you struggled looking at the woman. So we need to put safeguards in place and he can come up with, you know, you're right. I need to strategically place myself away from seeing people that come in so i'm only viewing you because you are enough for me or we just don't need to be going to restaurants until you get this under control because that's hurtful and so setting up um, safeguards in place to protect both you and him i think is very important yeah and, and to be honest it's actually a way that y'all can help build intimacy together and we do yeah when we set up these because mm -hmm. th this is essentially a gift that he can give you in recovery i like that uh, when he's proactive and he says, hey, listen, I, I would like to talk about this and I want to do this together. Um, when you take those moments to do some of these exercises that you're going to find in Stronger Together and another study, Warpath, it's on Soul Refiner, um, and, and you you count the cost. You also talk talk about what is, what is my daily trigger uh, set look like. Mm. He can address that and put in countermeasures. They don't last forever. It's not like you're never going to go to a restaurant again for the rest of your marriage. Right. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. But for a season, it's okay to take a knee and to pour into one another right. and for him to show you that you are more important than any meal. And that's been hard for me. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else? Okay. There's lots of restaurants out there. There's lots of different houses. There's lots of different cars. There's lots of different jobs out there. There is only one wife of mine. And whenever you have a chance to build that, Together, it can change everything in recovery. So I do address a couple of questions that we've sure. seen. First off, that is very funny, Tina. That's when he gets his eyes gouged out. And you also clarified that it was just a joke. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I was Love you, Tina. That's I was worried about my vision there for a second. And so that's funny. But I've seen a couple of questions now about this being able to available to watch later. Um, we hang all these on the, the Soul Refiner Facebook site. Uh, all the recordings get put on there. Go take a look at them. Um, you'll see a recurring theme. Uh, we we kind of dance around a, a lot about Jesus, yeah. and so and him being the true answer. If he's not in the middle of this, none of the tools are actually going to work for an extended period of time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so do we have another? I think we have a few more questions. Go ahead. Sure. Can you read that? Hun? Sure. This next question: Our pause is happening in a healing separation. He's physically home, but we're not connecting. I'm worried he still will cheat and lie more when he moves out, even for a short time. We go to counseling and a support group. We are still in the same house. We have been intimate, but recently haven't been connected. Uh, the affairs have been exposed for about seven months. I believe we have been in highs and lows the last seven months. 
this is difficult. Oh, sweetie, that is extremely painful. There's nothing, nothing, nothing worse than feeling like you have to babysit your husband. If you have kids, you already have enough kids that you have to watch out for. And to think that you have to keep them home just so he doesn't cheat, it, it, it's awful. Or to put boundaries, you know, just keep putting boundary after boundary. And, and it's pretty much just um, a leash that you're putting around his neck that just keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. There's nothing sexy about that. Who wants to have sex with someone that they're babysitting? No, thank you. There's nothing good about that. And so, um, sweetie, let me just encourage you to, to um, I'm going to point you to the cross. And I can assure you, I went through that spell where I had to let go of my husband and know that he might not come home. And he did move out. And he did have a revolving door of women. And, and it was, um, it almost led to his death. But I had to, I had to let him go because he's, he's not mine. Lamar's not mine. He, he is God's. And so it took that time, though, for him to fall to his knees and fall flat on his face. I'm not sure he would have, have we stayed together. He needed that season, that darkness. He, he got exactly what he wanted and realized that that was actually not the life he was hoping for. It was actually death and destruction that almost took his life. So um, it's, I'm just going to point you to the cross and, ask, and, and just ask God, because only God can tell you whether you should stay or whether you should go, whether he should stay, whether it should be an in-house separation. That is, it's not for your counselor to determine. It's not for your, your friends to determine. It's not for us, us to say. Um, that, that's, it's, a, it's a very, very, very difficult road to navigate, but God will speak directly to you as to what needs, what the next step looks like. Yeah, that, that's, that's incredible advice. Um, it is a very personal decision. <laughs> And I, I would recommend as much counsel as you can get as you connect here uh, on the chat with other ladies and you start exchanging information, you start to build community, um, it, you can lean on one another. The uh, yeah, I would like to say something. I've, I've seen a few things here. Um, the trend with counselors right now, and I am, I am pro counselors. In fact, I was studying for a mental health counseling degree before even coming here. I believe there's a place for it. But I believe there's a lot of unhealthy counseling going on and and what they are teaching women that have gone through betrayal, especially if they themselves have not gone through it, is very, very dangerous. Um, you'll hear a lot of people, um, counselors say, um, mandating a separation. You have to show him what he's missing out on. You have to make him miss you. Very, very dangerous things. That is the opposite. That is the way of the world. That is now it's saying you you know you deserve the break you deserve um, space you deserve careful of that, and if you are struggling, you know how do I find a good counselor it's easy look at their biography. And look at their biography and see what it says if their biography says things like I graduated with a 4.0 and I have this quality of qualification and this letter and all this alphabet soup after my name and I am very, very. Um, uh, you know, a unique thinker and, and think outside the box. Be careful. There's a lot of eyes in there. A lot of eyes in there. Where's, where's, I, I'm going to look for a counselor that says, Hey, I, I'm a father. I'm a loyal husband. I'm, I have, I have kids that, you know, that take priority over, over my work or um, where's the community. I like doing group or where are they promoting that? Cause if they are promoting isolation, be careful. Be careful. That's where Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's how he got your husband. And now that's how he's going to take you down, too. Yeah. 
I think that's, that's so um, such good advice, such sage advice that we should seek out good godly counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, be that in community with one another, with other folks that have been hurt as well, um, taking care to always point it back to the cross or with a counselor that is subscribing to how, how do we get back to the us? So a uh, great question I see here next is uh, what do you do when it happens and you need to have a conversation? You're trying very kindly to have that conversation and the husband takes a deep sigh and a huff kind of here we go again. Um, and, and I, I want to be very, very clear here. It takes a deep sigh and a huff like here we go again. So he probably hasn't even said here we go again. Oh, but, I know the look. That's, yeah. We all know the look, just like my look this morning. There's a look that says it all. <laughs> here we go again. Yep. Uh, that's. And then that conversation goes horribly. Mm -hmm. So it's a danged if you do, danged if you don't situation. Uh, Pride with three exclamation points. Um, I love the literal (laughs) because it's words mean things. And so do symbols and so do, you know, caps and stuff like that. I always want to pay homage to that kind of thing because it's so true. Mm -hmm. And every single one of us are resonating with that. This is where the community helps so much because somebody has been through something like that. Yeah, um, Jennifer, this is where I'm going to kindly encourage you to guide your husband to the webinar this afternoon or to listen to it if he can't make it, because it sounds like he needs a little uh, accountability and he needs some men saying, hey, hey, no, you are the source of the pain. You are now responsible and the greatest you can be the greatest source of her healing or you can take her down further and kill her more. I mean, it's um, it sounds like. yeah, that, that is definitely a recovery um, faux pas, <laughs> for sure. Um, I'm assuming he has his eyeballs, and <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, it, it that it's painful, Jennifer, and that is another betrayal whenever they say, here we go again. And that's something where I just highly encourage you both to get into the content. It's not going to happen overnight. The content that we provide uh, encourages and teaches men how to do this that their consistency with you asking the questions or addressing these things that are unsafe their response is the bomb that's going to help you heal or they're going to go in there and rip open your wound does he want to help the us or does he want to destroy the us his reaction hurt the us i mean there's there's no i mean no nothing about it it hurt the us he he caused a fracture so, uh, but like I said, recovery is not not um, flawless. Um, you do need tools. Speaking of tools, I see this cool toolbox on our, I, I wanna pull this out. This would help Jennifer too, uh, because they're fun games and they're good discussion starters and fun journals and things where, um, this is something we just launched. It's brand new, the marriage toolkit. We did it this year. Um, Lamar and I are going to be taking home one and we're going to be talking more about it. I see a little heart. Thank you. Thank you. There's it, it is. It's super sweet. Talk about building intimacy. This yep. kit is fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We have not done the tools yet, but that is what we're going to be doing. Um, it's our anniversary this weekend and we won't go into detail, but we, we are going to be using some of these tools and we're going to be talking more about that next month. So we encourage you to get your own toolboxes. This is a fantastic and fun way, but it's also a serious place where, um, Jennifer, where you can address something like this. And it provides a safe place that that eye rolling, it, it's, it's hurtful, it's harmful. And yes, I mean, we created these toolboxes for all couples. That's not a recovery toolbox. It's for healthy marriages too. It's something you can give as a gift to someone that's engaged. This is not recovery based, but it's all 
it teaches exactly what we're talking about. It teaches how do you be humble in a relationship? How do you build intimacy in a relationship? And if you don't have this as a goal, even if you don't have it now, then you need the vision. You need to be able to keep your eyes on something to have something to, to, to work towards. So even if you don't feel ready to jump in using all of these tools, like there's a blindfold. I'm not gonna tell you what that's for because I don't wanna ruin the surprise. But you know, there's some fun things in there that are fun to look forward towards when you are feeling the oneness. Amen. And, and to Amen. be honest, that, that's what that's what you want. You you don't want restoration necessarily in, in the pure sense of the term. Restoration implies a sense of return to ops normal, and that's what got you here in the first place. You're looking for redemption. You're looking for a totally redeemed marriage. It's going to look totally different, and, and it'll answer some of these questions we have coming up here. You know, about how long do you put sex on hold? Do you put sex on hold? Mm. When's the right time to put sex on hold? You know, is it 30, 60, 90 days? What does that look like for people? Again, that's that's a moving target where you're going to have to get that good godly counseling and some community from some couples that have been there and done that before. Yeah. Um, we, we, we did 90 days, just you know, full uh, open kimono if you yeah. will and so please don't yeah Close i'm sorry this is gals okay. this okay. is gals yeah. we, you can say I'm... that to the dudes gals there's no open kimono that's <laughs> triggering even triggering for me yeah. i'm right here okay. um, <laughs> see we gotta laugh at ourselves y'all this is this is just too much fun but to to answer that question uh yes that different there are different time frames that some couples some couples feel like they need to uh, go through a period now, I, I have very strong opinions about this because I've seen people use this as a weapon. They've used it as punishment. When we're not gonna have sex, you go to your side of the house, I'll go to my side of the house. That's dangerous. How is that building the us-ness? Every single de decision you make in recovery should be like, how am I getting back to the garden? How am I getting back to that two shall become one flesh? What, what, how does this help us? And living on two opposite sides of the room and, and living as, as, you know, just as friends and not as lovers, how is that helping the usness heal? Now, if you need a pause because you need to, to deal with the trauma and your, your ruminating thoughts of thinking of other women that he might be thinking of when you're having sex together and he's trying to become sober minded and you don't want to become vaginal masturbation because he's thinking still has all these fresh thoughts in his head because he's still looking at porn. Got it. Necessary. Needed. But this is something that should be done with prayer and it should be done with the intention of coming back together if you are planning on being um, married so during that time of absence it's still emotional emotional building and if your counselor is saying it's not i highly consider you go to the bible because mm -hmm. um, everything we should do if you are trying to bring back the marriage when we did our 90 days we didn't have sex you know, we didn't do any heavy petting. We put rules in place. It was, we didn't kiss on the lips because that was too, that stimulated, that, that aroused you too much. We could hold hands. We made rules for ourselves, but we built an incredible emotional connection and spiritual connection. We took that 90 days. We turned off all our screens. We had no computer time outside of work, none. And we fed, we, we fed into each other and we built this incredible intimacy. So then when we did come back together, and become one flesh it was beautiful and we can talk more about that i love talking about sex so we can do a whole webinar on that i i am completely transparent you want to come join us I, i'd love to be there for that conversation but we might have to have some more men in the room 
Well, if, in or, case you say comments like "I'm going to open up my kimono" yeah. or whatever that nonsense. Yeah, that was that was silly and ignorant. And so, thank you for abiding me, ladies. But uh, we kind of have a two pronged question here. It's the same same answer. Uh, people are are asking about where do I find the toolkit and where do I find Stronger Together? Stronger mm -hmm. Together is a is a study. Uh, it is on the Soul Refiner website as part of our package of Bible studies, um, and strongly recommend it. Some people. Uh, we'll take the sessions and make it into three months worth because they know they got to anchor on some of the weeks, some of the episodes for longer than just one week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then likewise, the marriage toolkit is a product again on the Soul Refiner site. Uh, so that is something that you can physically buy um, to take all that stuff inside. There's a ton of great information in there, and you know, really all the tools that are in there, uh, card games mm -hmm. that you can play with one another. And again, adult stuff. I mean, it is. PG-13 plus stuff. Absolutely so. it is. But it's the way God intended. Between one husband, one wife, one marriage. So, That's it. So it's how can, we, how can we build that intimacy between the two of us? Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's all about when you went through a recovery, honey, when you became sober-minded. I mean, you, you were addicted to the artificial sugars of this world. You were addicted to the pornography, addicted to the other women. And and objectifying um, beautiful women that came into restaurants. He did the same thing. He was addicted to that. But as he detoxed and he didn't allow those things into his diet anymore, so to speak, um, I became the, the, the ripe fruit that God naturally designed me to taste yeah. like. You could enjoy me again. And I could enjoy you when our marriage bed was just you and me there. And, it, and it's completely different now, y'all, in our marriage bed than when it was our entire marriage and that's what i want for all of you but sometimes you need tools like this to keep things healthy and and yet fresh and to build that intimacy amen so i i encourage you all ladies and i just want to say thank you so much for letting me be part of this today i'm gonna exit my stage left i think it's gonna be your right i can't tell i get i, I, get, I get turned around stuff. and i'm gonna let y'all pray this out uh to go ahead and end your conversation <laughs> thank you for the hearts going up i don't think those are for me i think they're for my beautiful wife <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, why don't you close that kimono and march on out? <laughs> yeah. Love y'all ladies. Uh, I look forward to seeing y'all on the replays for the men's mission brief a little bit later. And so uh, thank you for giving me and the men some space this afternoon. Um, they get this in spades. So they get it a lot, a lot heavier, a lot more firmly uh, in terms of, you know, kind of what they should be doing and how they get it back with y'all. And Jennifer, have him watch this. I'm encouraging you because this is exactly, thank you, sweetie. This is exactly what men need to be doing. They need to be teaching men how to be men and how to love us well. And that's what this is all about. How do our husbands love us the way that Christ designed them to love us? And so I want that for each and every one of you. So thank you. Thank you for trusting us. Be here with you. Thank you for inviting us into your pain. Uh, and into your storm right now. We don't take that lightly. I know we laugh and we goof off a little bit, but guys, recovery cannot be all gloom and doom. I mean, there's been just so much pain. There's been so many tears. God has collected bottles and bottles and bottles of tears already. It's okay to give yourself permission to laugh. It's okay to give yourself permission to love again. Um, your, your heart will will heal and 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 the hurt will go away and the the benefits that you can get um, by demonstrating humility demonstrating you know not allowing that pride to come into your life it can change everything 
and you can have something absolutely beautiful in the new marriage that God gives you. So let us close in prayer, precious ladies. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for these ladies coming here and being vulnerable and transparent with their pain and their suffering and their troubles and their sorrows. And you know every ounce of it, Lord. And you felt it. You sent Jesus to die on the cross and you felt every single ounce of our pain. And God, we don't take that lightly. And we thank you. And Lord, I just ask that you bless each and every single one of these ladies. Help them to just inwardly look in themselves and just see if they have any pride in their life that might be, uh, have been infiltrated and help them to trust you in loving their husbands if they stay married or to trust you in that next relationship that you're planning for them or to trust you in a life of uh, monogamy. Whatever that looks like, Lord, I just ask that every woman here feels in their heart that you are enough for them. You complete us, and we thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Ladies, I love you, and we will see you next month. We'll send out an email as to what that looks like. We haven't decided yet if we're going to be doing a co-joint meeting or separate ones, but we'll be sure to let you know. So stay tuned. So love y'all. Look forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye. Honey, can you bring your kimono back here and uh, help me walk off? Come on, scooch on over. I'm searching for the right word. No, we're still going. I'm just uh, don't know how to end this. Bye, ladies. <laughs>